up everybody my name is mj and you are listening to the mtg in quarantine podcast as usual before we get started i'd like to give a quick shout out to my local game store guardian games you can find guardian games on the web at ggportland.com i'd also like to give a huge shout out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash mtg in quarantine it's a huge round of thank yous to mr big Benz, anomaly nick s frugal brutal Jen of the Filthy MTG Casuals, and Coach J-Ro for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash quarantine for more information. Today's episode of the podcast is going to be another CEDH Deck Tech, where I bring awesome fellow creators and members of the community on to talk about their personal CEDH deck lists and try to convince you, the listener, to give their deck a try. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest, part number two of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, introducing Mike. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. So yeah. excited to be here. Yeah, no problem. It's good to have you. All right. But yeah, before we get started here, Mike, you want to give a quick shout out to the Howling Salt Mine podcast? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great time. It's me, Sam, uh, our other co-host, Tony. And we collect salty stories from all over the internet, you know, Twitter, Reddit, sometimes the odd Facebook post sneaks in there. And it's just us checking in about salty stories that people have and kind of giving our two cents on who we think is really riling up that salt, what we can do to mitigate that and, you know, just celebrate some of those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we were talking before the show about one of my saltier moments, probably not something to be good enough to make it on the show because I didn't flip a table or anything. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I certainly have some salty stories to, to share. But I also, uh, yeah, uh, Sam, your co-host on there, when, when he was on the show, um, he was telling me about how you guys mine Reddit for that sort of stuff. And I think, yes, that is probably the absolute perfect, like, I'm trying to find the right word for this. Like the, the end richest all, veins. yes, <laughs> the, the richest vein of the gemstone mine. And, and again, sh- shout out, yeah, shout out to John from the Gemstone Mine podcast. I just had Gemstone Mine on the brain or something from TCG Player earlier. <laughs> shout out to him for that. But yeah, Reddit is the perfect place for uh, for finding salty stories. It, it kind of feels like the sort of place where if you're not quite sure what what you're what you're doing there, you can get uh, surprised um, with interesting <laughs> interesting tales of Reddit verse, I suppose. Totally. And and you get so many people where you can just sense that they came straight from their LGS, they had a terrible experience, and they needed to get some support from the other people in the uh, Magic community. Yeah. So those are always the fun ones to definitely, find. Definitely. Of course, I, I suppose that with this newfangled technology called uh, smartphones, you know, mobile cell phones <laughs> with internet connection, I suppose you could just, you know, rage quit 
right at, at the seat without even leaving the table or, you know, without, without even true. flipping the table. So I, 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 I don't know how fresh those takes are, but again, that's none of my business. Um, that's true. You can, you can start your post before you've even officially conceded at the table. Yes. But again, you can concede the game as my, as friends of the show beyond the Machina says at any time, Anytime. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, Mike, uh, good to have you on the show. And we have a good episode for all the listeners out there. We are going to be talking about your Sisse weather like Captain 5 color good stuff, Planeswalker, Tudor, Chains deck. You know, just a, a, mil- a million ways to say this. And, and actually, the really funny thing is, Mike, is um, when, when your co host Sam sent over the deck list for this deck, I actually half expected just from the name that you were going to be running Chains of Mephistopheles in here, and I actually got really excited for no good reason about that. So I, 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 I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little hurt, unfortunately. I wanted to see that, but, you know, it, it's all good. Actually, we're not here to talk about Chains of Mephistopheles. See, I can't even say it right. But again, for all the folks out there who don't know what that card is, definitely look it up, because it's ex- and if you find yourself confused by it, it's not just you. Seriously. Look it up. There's a reason why this card's like $6,000 or something. It makes no sense, but it finally makes sense once you play it. But again, enough about the Chains of Mephistopheles. We're going to be talking about Five Color Sisse. So, yeah. Um, a very interesting deck list here. You're going to be walking the good folks out there listening through the deck list. We're going to basically have four parts here. First part, we are going to talk about what this deck is trying to do. You know, when you sit down to a pod and you play the deck, what exactly is Sisse allowing you to do to help you try to win the game? Second thing we're going to talk about is your win condition. How is this deck going to try to win the game? Third thing we're going to do is talk about some of the spicy includes, some of those pieces that may be unheralded, may not, maybe not even part of the win con necessarily, but do some really cool things and you just really want to talk about them. And then the fourth thing is pretty much just giving the elevator pitch about why all the folks out there listening to this episode should be giving Sisse Weatherlight Captain a try in their next CDH game. So without further ado, Mike, I'm going to kick it over to the first question we got here. Tell me how this deck works. Yeah, so this deck, it's it's all about working with the, the commander. It's a very linchpin commander kind of situation. So You've got your commander, she's got uh, a Wooburg activated ability that lets you search your library for a legendary permanent card with converted mana cost less than her power, and put it right onto the battlefield, and shuffle your library. And then she also gets plus one plus one for each color among your legendary permanents you control. So your overall, overall, what you're trying to do is, you know, get these different legends out, slowly kind of bump up Sisse's power, and then there's a number of lines that are tutorable legendaries that if you can assemble a few of them together you can you can go for the win off of that so it's kind of systematically getting your different legendaries out that'll let you go for the win at some point and uh the other really nice thing about it is since you have this tutor sitting in the command zone you can really play it in a very toolboxy kind of fashion which is one of my favorite ways to approach cdh uh, one of my other main CDH decks I play is Magda, which has that same thing. You mm-hmm. can just dump something right out onto the board. Uh, so you really have these options of different toolbox kind of creatures and planeswalkers that you can try and swap in and adjust to your meta. Yep. 
So yeah, I, I think we're really we're going to preface here by saying that Sisse has an interesting ability where she gets plus one, plus one for each color among other, other legendary permanents you control, which actually does impact the, your tutor ability. And that's mm -hmm. that's extremely important right there. And definitely for me, looking at the deck list is you've got a lot of two, three color cards in here, or are at least trying to be able to, you know, I, I okay, maybe, yeah, you, let's see, you got Dehada, you got Derevi, things like that. So you have some three color cards in here, which may not necessarily work in CDH all the time, again, depending on, <laughs> on your meta and how things work. But Sisse basically says, screw that, I don't care. I'm just going to dump this card down on the board. Just give me a little bit more power and I can do that for you yeah absolutely so. and you get to run some things that uh you know there's some staples in cdh that you're pretty happy that just slot right in like you can run cannon you've got your two colors right there and just cost two so it's perfect but then you also have other things like you mentioned like derevi like luris of the dream den mm -hmm. where maybe you wouldn't see it all the time but it it gives you those couple extra colors bumps to say up a little bit extra uh, and I, I've got a couple other uh, spicy cards kind of in that realm of things that I'm excited to talk about. Later definitely, definitely. So yeah, let's get to the next spicy card thing here. How is this deck looking to win the game? Yeah, so the, the deck mostly functions off of two main win lines. Uh, you're looking to grab infinite mana, and then once you have infinite mana, you can basically just dump all of the legends out from your library using Sisse's activated ability. So you're just hunting for your different infinite mana sources, and the two main ones that we're running are uh, Emil with Dockside. You know, there's some conditions there. You need to be able to find Dockside with some tutor that's not Sisse, because it's not legendary. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other option is to do the new, kind of newly found Displacer Kitten uh, Teferi line, uh, where if you have a zero mana rock and Displacer Kitten and Teferi, you can cast your zero mana rock, use Displacer Kitten's trigger to flicker Teferi, and then when Teferi comes back in, you use him to bounce the mana rock back to your hand, and you're tapping it each time to gain a little bit of mana. So gotcha. those are sort of your two your two main outs into infinite mana in the deck. All right, and once you have infinite mana, how are you going to win the game with it? <laughs> so this is actually a funny thing. Uh, right after I completed the tournament, um, I was chatting with some people in the Sisse Discord, which is is a fun spot to, you know, whenever someone is interested in Commander, I recommend they try and go find a Discord channel to, to talk about it. Uh, but people were <laughs> giving me grief for my inclusion of Kroxa, Titan of Death's Hunger. But that's one of the easiest, kind of the smooth brain approach to winning with the deck. Once you've got infinite mana and you have a meal out, you can bring Kroxa out, which uh, forces people to discard and then hurts them if they can't discard. And you just flicker that a bunch of times with a meal and, you know, force everyone into losing all of their life. There's mm. also Thassa's Oracle combos run in the deck, and you can use Kinnon activations to get Thassa out in a, in a game-winning state. That's like the win-conless approach, but um, the Kroxa one is kind of the, the dead simple, oh, I just have to get this out and flicker it a bunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually the first time I've heard about Kroxa in any of these CDH deck techs, so that's... <laughs> That's an interesting line you got there. Yeah, and you know, worst case, it's it's a two-color legend that you've got sitting out there for two mana, so that's not yep. bad in its own right. Yep. All right, so yeah, now that we've talked about the win cons here, I think we're getting to the point where the people really want to hear what you have to say. Tell us about some of the spicy toolbox cards you got sitting in here that make this deck really run. Yeah, so there's, there's some things in this deck that I love because 
I don't think you would find them in very many other CEDH decks. So one of the goofiest includes is Relic of Legends. It's a three-mana mana rock, which is just kind of hilarious to, to encounter. Like, three-mana mana rocks are barely run in casual formats at this point. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, it's just too expensive. And you get to run it in CDH, so it's awesome. Uh, and the, the ability on that that really makes it worth it is it has tap and untap legendary creature you control to add one mana of any color. So it kind of turns all of your legends into a mana dork as well. Um, and yeah. then another card that I love that I get to include in the list that another thing where other CDH decks are not going to be playing this is Cultist of the Absolute. Yes, I was going to so. ask about that. As soon as I saw it, it's like, I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, so this card, it's a one mana legendary enchantment background. It gives your commander plus three plus three, flying, death touch, ward, pay three life, and at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. So this is awesome because you can play this and immediately your Sisse is a four four because you're get or is a six six because you're getting the plus three plus three from the enchantment. You're getting the one from having a legendary black permanent out. Uh, and you've pretty much turned on tutoring for any single legend in your deck. There's there's almost nothing that is kind of out of your range at that point. So, uh, love this card. It yeah. actually, it gave me one, <laughs> sorry to keep going. I could talk about this card all day. Oh, go ahead. There was a moment, uh, in the most recent Mox Masters where I was playing this deck where, uh, it got me the win because I got to attack in the air at a player who was really low in life. They'd gone, I think with a pretty intense ad nause down to five. And uh, the only blocker that they had was the Avon Mind Sensor, uh, which had been shutting off my ability to search my library. So I got a, I got to force them to block with it, killed that, and opened up the, uh, opened up the tutoring angle again from there. Yeah, it definitely seems like a very spicy include for a deck like this. It actually kind of goes under the radar, honestly, because again, in CDH, the clause of at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice a creature looks pretty painful but when i look mm -hmm. at your deck list you've got 28 creatures plus your commander you're probably fine totally you often have like a, a dork sitting around that you can maybe shed and the other thing is it's it's pretty common that you can try and just win on the stack with that upkeep trigger you know you, you've gotten around to your turn with your cultist of the absolute out so you've got your sisse out as well otherwise you're not even getting that trigger um so you get around, you're on your upkeep, that trigger goes on the stack, and before you actually have to sacrifice anything, you try and go off and find that instant speed win by grabbing your Emil and grabbing your Dockside, what, what have you. All right, for sure. And what are some of the other really cool includes that you have in here? You actually run eight different Planeswalkers. That's not something you normally see in a regular uh, CDH deck. So what what roles are they playing, and what do you think is the cool thing about running a lot of Planeswalkers in CDH. I think one of the things that I love about it is uh, I've definitely noticed a slight tendency for CDH players to just kind of be blind to the combat step. Uh, you know, you notice it less with people that are really good at CDH, but players that are just kind of transitioning might not really think to be attacking at these Planeswalkers, and you can kind of skate by with, with having them out. And then also, a lot of them that I'm running are really powerful because of their static abilities. So Ashiok Dream Render, Narset Parter of the Veils, and Karn the Great Creator are, are all awesome because when you activate Sisse, people need to respond to the activation. Uh, and if they don't, 
there's no chance to respond once kind of that that ability has resolved your 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 target is just on the board right away so if someone for example plays a big dock side uh, and you can tutor out karn they have to like know that you're grabbing karn and think to you know crack their treasures and float their mana ahead of time because as soon as they let the sisse activation resolve and karn is on the board suddenly they can't activate their abilities of their artifacts um mm -hmm. and narset and teferi both have their own static ability that's really solid in the same way yeah, so you're really just running a lot of kind of the who's who of Planeswalkers and CDH here and just kind of jamming them all into one deck effectively. Totally. It's like a build-your-own-little-gate-watch. Yeah, just not quite as good. But again, that, that's me as a Vorthos <laughs> player. I'm, I'm going to say that it's just kind of like the B team here. We're, we're, we're just going <laughs> to go with that. But anyway, you know, th that's outside the scope of this episode. But yeah, what are some of the other really cool creatures that you have in here? I've noticed a lot of... A lot of CDH staples, but you know, there's still some still some cards there that you don't necessarily see in every deck. Totally. Uh I love again, a lot of my playstyle with this Sisse deck is kind of trying to get an activation on the board, like be able to activate Sisse and then just sit there with that kind of loaded gun on the table and try and react to anything that, that someone might be trying to drop at you. So being able to like bring Shalai, Voice of Plenty out uh, is great for for example if someone tries to target you and again Shalai is is often a house at casual tables but doesn't quite make the cut in a lot of CDH lists because it's four and pretty expensive and not everyone's running Selesnya so uh, that's another fun one I'm really glad I get to include um, let me see and then I think Chainer Nightmare Adept is another huge one for the list that you know you don't see everywhere you do see some places but uh, I love the include of that as well. For sure, for sure. It's just really cool to be able to see a lot of these cards you don't normally see in a regular CDH deck being playable and very useful in this deck just because you can tutor them up at any time. As long as you have Wooburg and in CDH, that's not difficult at all. It's really not. Uh, it, it's definitely one of the biggest stumbling blocks of the deck is getting to that five mana, all of your colors. Uh, that That can sometimes slow you down, and if someone you know, knocks out a, a rock at a good time or something for you. You can you can be a bit out of luck, but it's uh overall definitely not ooh, excuse me. Definitely not impossible to get that situation on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I mean, it, it, this definitely looks like kind of a five color good stuff sort of deck. Would you say that's a very accurate description of this? Yeah, it's uh it's really hard to build a CEDH deck that doesn't have some element of that. Um because if you're trying to play the most competitive you can, you know, it, you really don't have a reason to not run, like, some of your demonic tutors and your other tutors. You're probably going to want to run Mystic Remora and Ristic Study. Just some of those staples, they're staples for a reason in that their effect is really strong. Uh, and this is most visible in the deck in, like, the instance section, <laughs> where it's really all of the good tutors, all of the best interaction all of the strongest, you know, pieces for card advantage and things like that. Uh, but I think that by having the variance in the uh, the creatures, it kind of makes up for it. Definitely, definitely. I was I was gonna say there's no lightning bolt in here. That that hurts me to my core. Just <laughs> three damage for one red mana. I mean, come on. No, seriously. Good. <laughs> I should honestly. I, I definitely. I was in a couple games where I was sitting there with like people at two life and i was thinking "Ooh, a bolt would be really nice right now so i might experiment with it 
Mm-hmm. I do think the deck is sort of at its core shell. It's kind of an Abzan list, and then the blue and the red are thrown in there because you need to get to that five color point. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do, I do love the idea of experimenting with Bolton here. All right. Well, I uh, hope I was able to give you some interesting food for thought for later. So that's good stuff. Anyway, yeah, let's just wrap things up by you telling the good folks out there listening why they should play Sisse Weather Like Captain. Maybe not necessarily the exact same way you did, but just why they should play this particular commander in CDH. Totally. Uh, I think, you know, I did say some of it already, but it's just got options that other decks in CDH don't get to have. You get access to all of your colors, so you can run really strong cards, really any of the really strong cards, and you get to play some goofy kind of fringe creatures that you really would struggle to find the right home for otherwise. And then also, it plays through stacks pretty well, so if you have a stacks player at your table, you can usually sneak a win out from kind of under them if they're just on like Rule of Law or some of the really common stacks pieces that are out there. Only if they're not playing a Cursed Totem, right? (laughs) yeah and don't get me started on graph diggers cage it folds to a lot of things but uh it can it can sneak it out sometimes well yeah i mean that that's the really cool thing about it is that cdh decks all have a weakness to them we we talk all the time about how turbo decks are so good but they fold to things too so you have to always know how to play to your outs and kind of always know when you're beat too Totally. And and another thing that I do think Sisse is awesome with is you can adjust your play pattern pretty easily. You know, sometimes you can just sit there holding up your interaction. Sometimes you can try and go for that rushed win and 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 you can adjust according to your pod, which not every deck can do. For sure. And again, we always talk about the meta. We always talk about what's good. You know, you hear about that on Twitter or on Reddit, about what's good, about what's not good. There's the discourse. And to just be able to really deal with all that or say, screw that, I'm just going to play my same deck. And it's good against a lot of different things. A lot of decks can't say that. Yeah. And, and you know, it was good enough to top 16 in a Mox Masters, and I'm excited to see where else I can bring it. Nice. Nice. Congratulations. Other... That That's a Thank big you. deal. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, was my first competitive webcam tournament. So it was a, it was a fun thing to start off with doing doing all right in it. Yeah, well, you definitely did better than I did in my first tournament. Um, yeah, the, the listeners out there are probably sick of me talking about that, but my <laughs> my uh, not-so-great 1-5 record over at Silicon Dynasty still stands as the gold standard of futility. But, well, you know. I'm, I'm just warming up for that to be my next round. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to go into specifics on that one particularly <laughs> because I, I, I've already, I already did a whole episode on that one. Um, gotcha. probably like a month or two after the point where this was recorded. So yeah, it was, <laughs> but, but that was a good episode. And again, if you haven't listened to that, please go listen to it. It was a very insightful episode of me just talking to Mike for about 30 minutes, wrapping things up, talking about the people I met, the deck I was playing, the experiences I had and just how much fun it was playing a CDH tournament, even though I did horribly, but you know, it, it, we're not there. I wasn't there to, to play, you know, and to win. I was just there to play and have fun. So you know. Totally. I can't I can't second that enough too. The the tournament was some of the best, kind of most fun magic I've been playing in a while. And you know, people really really brought their all and also still managed to have a fun time while playing at a high level. It was awesome. Definitely, definitely. Well, all right, Mike, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. It's been awesome hearing about this deck. Well, thanks for having me. Uh super happy to get a chance to preach the virtues of Sisse, and I hope to see some other players on her uh, you know, out in the wild.
All right, sounds good. But yeah, before you go, why don't you give a quick another quick shout out to the Howling Salt Mine podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, podcast is at Howling Salt Mine on uh, Twitter. There's you know an Instagram, the Howling Salt Mine. We've got email. If you've got a salty story you want to send to us, the Howling Salt Mine at Gmail. So you can pretty much find us wherever, and our podcast is out on anywhere you might listen to podcasts. Also, so. Uh, check us out and, and send us your stories so that we can share your salt with the world. All right, sounds good. And if you are interested in hearing any of the CDH deck techs I've done or just any of the regular podcast out episodes on this podcast, you can find those on the usual podcast outside your Google, Apple, Spotify, Player Fam, Rockcast, Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, maybe Stitcher, I don't remember, and a million others. I honestly don't remember all of them. There's too many of them to remember. But if it's a major podcast outlet, you can probably find my stuff on there. And also find me on the Twitter at, at MTG in quarantine. I'd like to utilize this opportunity again to give a huge shout out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash MTG in quarantine. It's a huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Anomaly, Nick S, Frugal Brutal, Jen of the Filthy MTG Casuals, and Coach J Row for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash MTG in quarantine for more information. And I hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the MTG in Quarantine podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.